the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number, 303-873-1935. It's Free For All Friday. And, of course, we've covered a lot of different ground this week as we've talked about, well, history. And we've talked about prophecy. And we've talked about the Bible. And one of the things that we've been talking about also is persecution. Now, again, even as we were talking about going to church in person versus not going to church in person, one of the things that's been reported by Open Doors and Lifeway Research has been this pressing, pressing issue that we need to talk about and re- and almost certainly gets overlooked. You're not going to hear this story on ABC or NBC or CBS. You're not even going to hear it in a lot of uh, conservative talk shows. But again, it's the issue of persecution and the reality of persecution among Christians. Now, again, we live in a culture and a society that is constantly contrasting and comparing oppressors and the oppressed. But I would make a case. I would make a case, and I'm not by myself, that globally Christians are facing a true global persecution catastrophe. One in seven global Christians faced persecution in 2021. Now, again, we've talked about many, many churches in the United States are attempting to recover from the pandemic. We talked about a church in Aurora that decided not only to to sell its pro- close its doors and sell its property and become a virtual church, um, others hung on. Some churches actually prospered during the pandemic. And again, as we ask and we answer the question about declining, staying the same, prospering, according to Open Doors World Watch list of 2022, and I've been reporting a little bit on that, Christians were detained or killed for their faith, and more churches were attacked and closed than the year before. And so again, when we ask and we answer the question, well, what was the year before? We're talking 2020, when the pandemic first took root and then spread across the globe. In the past year, that is 2021, 360 million Christians, or one in seven believers around the world, suffered significant persecution for their faith. And when I use the term significant uh, persecution, am I, am I talking about death? Yes. 
Am I talking about losing your home? Yes. Am I talking about losing your job? Yes. In other words, we're talking about significant persecution, not just someone yelling at you or or um, making fun of you because you believe in God. We're talking significant persecution where you're beaten, have you have property taken away, incarcerated, killed. 303-873-1935. Every day, every day in 2021, an average of more than 16 believers were killed for following Jesus. Now, if you do the math, with close to 6,000 total martyrs, that means that 2021 saw a 24% increase in Christians killed for their faith. So if our information from Open Doors proves to be correct, then this presents a huge problem. Christians in 55 nations suffered under very high persecution levels. So a new and dubious record on the world watch list, which only ranks the 50 worst countries. Now, again, it only ranks the 50 worst countries, and of the 50 worst countries, well, three are in the uh, northern and southern hemisphere. Do you know which ones are in the northern and southern hemisphere? Well, Cuba comes in at number 23. Venezuela comes in at number 30. Mexico comes in at number 40. Three, but I'm wondering how many florists and bakers and website designers are going to be fined hundreds of thousands of dollars and lose their their job. I wonder how many Christian schools and I wonder how many Christian universities are going to close because of the unrelenting persecution in our own country. So when we talk about these, the situation. In many countries, it became increasingly difficult to live as a Christian in 2021. And this was most true in the country of Afghanistan. It is not an easy thing to knock North Korea off of its perch as the number one most aggressive persecutor of Christians on the planet Earth. But Afghanistan did knock them off the perch. By the way, North Korea has been ranked the worst persecutor since they started the ranking of global persecution in 1992. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. Happy to take your call. 303 303- 873-1935. And um, again, I quoted earlier this week from David Curry. I, I was going to work on um, having him come on the program because I think this is such an important topic that we really do need to have him on. But um, when we talk about persecution... Again, suffering, because you are a true disciple of Jesus. 
and when we're talking about it, we, we've talked about, well, that includes being falsely accused, unjustly condemned, or imprisoned, ridicule, storm, rejection, injury, confiscation of property. And again, persecution isn't suffering because you did what was wrong or because you disobeyed a rightful authority. It's something more. And so why do people persecute Christians even if they're doing good? Now, I'm going to suggest to you that a group of people and an organized group of people and a governmental group, um, in a, in a real sense, Jesus talks about this in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 21. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I've chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember the words that I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, well, they'll persecute you as well. If they obeyed my teaching, they'll obey yours. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. Sometimes persecution is proof positive that you really are a member of God's family. 303-873-1935. Always, not always. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. You know the number, 303-873-1935. Yes, at the top of the headlines, it's rarely, oh, guess what? One in seven Christians are suffering horrible persecution all around the globe. But thought I'd bring you the inter interesting information. 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. Most of you are aware of both the collapse of Afghanistan, <clears throat> the takeover by the Taliban, and the shameful, shameful way um, that we withdrew. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting for an even second that that um, uh, is does there have to come a point where America can't be involved in every single war on the planet Earth? I get that, but. When the Taliban returned to power, they obtained a list of Christians. And according to David Curry, who's the president of Open Doors, he's basically said, well, ever since they got that list, they've been hunting down Christians. Every Christian who remains in Afghanistan is either on the run or is in hiding. 303-873-1935, that from, again, David Curry, who is the president of Open Doors. He said that last year, again, that the nation ranked number two, but because of the situation for Christians, worsened dramatically, substantially, when the United States left and the Taliban took over the thousands of Christians in Afghanistan face death or imprisonment. 
And again, North Korea fell to the second spot for the first time, but that was not due to any progress that they made. It wasn't because they go, oh, you know what? We're going to let up on persecuting Christians. We're going to um, make some sort of accommodation for religious liberty. Nothing could be further from the truth. So David Curry said no one should mistake the drop that Korea has fallen off the top of the list to mean that now North Korea is a safe place for religious minorities. What he chillingly said was that the situation could get worse. And he said, and I'm quoting him, that should tell you everything you need to know about how bad conditions are for Christians who remain in Afghanistan, unquote. And so, do you may not know this, but there's an estimated 50,000 to 70,000 Christians who are currently imprisoned in North Korea's prison and labor camps, according to Open Doors. Quote, life for Christians in North Korea is a constant cauldron of pressure. This from Open Doors. Pressure, capture, death is only a mistake away, according to the report. So where and what are the 10 countries where it is absolutely the most difficult place to be a lover of Jesus and a follower of Jesus? Well, again, at the top of the list, Afghanistan. Second on the list, North Korea. Third on the list, Somalia. Fourth on the list, Libya. Then Yemen. Number six, Eritrea. Number seven, Nigeria. Number eight, Pakistan. Number nine, Iran. And number 10 of the most egregious places, India. And uh, I have been to India many times, many times. And there was at least some measure of hope when you had a less restrictive government but it becomes problematic. I mean, we know that there are so many stories that are coming out of India that are difficult to listen to. But um, again, that's that's the top 10. 303-873-1935, that's my number if you want to join me on the program. I do want to point something out. Remember I said that these these countries, let's just do a little, let's do an experiment. How many of these countries are Muslim-majority nations? Afghanistan? Yes. North Korea? No. Somalia? Uh, yes. Libya, Yemen, 
Eritrea, Pakistan, Iran. So the way that I would put it is, out of all of those countries, the the ones that aren't Muslim majority would be North Korea. And of course, there is a significant Muslim population in India. But extreme Hindu mobs frequently target Christians, while the government simply ignores what the attacks. Christianity is the main religion in Nigeria, uh, which is the number seven on the list, but Islamic terrorist groups in the northern part of the country persistently, consistently are persecuting and targeting Christian believers. Despite having more than 98 million Christians in the country, Nigeria is the deadliest nation for believers where Christians face the most violence and the greatest number of abductions, according to Open Doors. Now, the African nation was home to, again, nearly 80% of all Christians killed for their faith last year. So in that laundry list of nations and in that persecution hierarchy, Nigeria led the world in the number of Christians killed at 4,650. Despite the worsening situation for Christians, the United States State Department dropped Nigeria from their designation as a country of particular concern. It says, quote, there's no rational reason why it was dropped, except some people in the State Department are playing politics. That from David Curry, the, the head of, of Open Doors. He said, quote, Nigeria has the ability and the responsibility to protect its civil society. These are churches. There are entire cities and villages where they're being overrun by Islamic extremists. And the government of Nigeria is doing little or nothing about it year after year. So even though China is number 17 on the list, and it's it was home to almost three in five of all church attacks or closures last year. In other words, when we ask and we answer the question, well... Of the 5,110 churches that closed, 3,000 were from China. India had more detained Christians than other nations, with 1,310 of the 4,765 worldwide. COVID-related restrictions have made it easier for some governments to target Christians and churches. If you want to know more, if you want to keep up, if you want to keep tabs, by all means, go to opendoorsusa.org. This is Gino Geraci. Hey, if you'd like to join me, it's 303-873-1935. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci, 303-873-1935. 1935, that's the number if you want to join me on the program, 
1935, it's my understanding that somebody called and said that Eritrea isn't a Muslim-majority country. And um, I hope you call back, because if I'm wrong, I'm willing to be corrected. It's my understanding that Eritrea is... um, Now, this is according to the CIA, and this is... CIA has what's called the World Fact Book. And in the CIA World Fact Book, it lists, you know, um, population, 6 million, nationality, Eritrean, uh, ethnic groups, and then it gives a number of different uh, groups. There's nine recognized ethnic groups, languages. Apparently, one of the uh, official languages is Arabic, English, and and, uh, several other um, but in the religion section, it says Eritrean Orthodox, Roman Catholic, Evangelical Lutheran, and Sunni Muslim. So for me, the big question becomes, is the Eritrean Orthodox, Roman Catholic, Evangelical Lutheran the majority of the country? And if the majority is in fact Christian and the Sunni Muslim uh, population is not the majority, then why are they on the world watch list of being one of the most egregious um, persecutors of Christians? 303-873-1935, that's the number if you want to join me on the air. Happy to try and talk about that. But um, I want to go to another story because with this persecution, I, I wanted to remember one of the group, one of the the countries on the list is Nigeria. Now we have to ask and answer the question: um, If Nigeria is number seven on the list, but they are also a Christian majority country, again, why, why, why is this? A problem. And as of today, today, 22 Christians were killed in the plateau state of Nigeria. This is a story from, um, from ChristianHeadlines.com, where it basically says, this, and it's dated today from Morningstar News. Suspected Fulani herdsmen killed four Christians in Plateau State on Saturday, that's January 22nd, after 18 Christians were slain in another area of the state on June, excuse me, January 11th. In the two attacks, eight other Christians were reported wounded, and in one village, 24 homes were burned. The armed assailants ambushed Christians in Dong Village on the outskirts of Yos, I guess J-O-S, in Yos, North County, on Saturday, killing four, wounding two others, according to one resident. It says the unprovoked attacks led to protests on Sunday. Fulani herdsmen also attacked the area in May, killing seven Christians. On January 11th, so so the list goes on and on and on. And according to this um, 
news story, cars, motorcycles, and harvested food crops were also destroyed, valuables stolen, armed herdsmen are attempting, well, to annihilate Christians in the area. This according to a person named Mallison. He identified the slain Christians and then gives their names. Killed in the January 10th attack was someone named Stephen Monday, 28. His wife, Talatu Stephen, was hospitalized with serious injuries. And it says, quote, the national leadership of the Ira Irgway Development Association has lost words to convey the state of sadness and brokenheartedness. Christians have been confined to courtesy of the acts of barbarism and callousness that have been done to us by herdsmen. We have called on security agents and the government on several occasions to devise means as well as grab the political will to end the spat of carnage being unleashed on Christians, yet no concrete and tangible efforts have been made. So the story goes on and says, and I'm quoting it, Nigeria led the world in Christians killed for their faith last year. That's from October 1st. 2020, to September 30th, 2021. The way they calculated from that time period, October 1st, 2020, to September 30th, 2021, the number was 4,650, up from 3,530 the previous year. And again, the source of information, Open Doors, and the World Watch List. The number of kidnapped Christians was also highest in Nigeria, with more than 2,500, up from 990 the previous year, again, according to the World Watch List. Nigeria trailed only China in the number of churches attacked, with 470 cases, according to the report. In the 2022 World Watch List of countries where it's most difficult to be a Christian, again, Nigeria went from ninth place in the previous year to the seventh place this year. And again, numbering the millions across Nigeria and the Sahel, predominantly Muslim Fulani comprise hundreds of clans of many different lineages who do not hold extremist views, but some Fulani do adhere to radical Islamist ideology the King, United Kingdom's all-party parliamentary group for international freedom of belief said in their report they adopted a comparable strategy to Boko Haram and what was called ISWAP, which is an acronym for the Islamic uh, State West Africa Province. Christian leaders in Nigeria have said that they believe herdsmen attacks on Christian communities in Nigeria's middle belt are inspired by their desire to forcefully take over the Christian land and impose Islam as decertification has made it difficult for them to sustain their herds. And so is this a problem? The answer is yes. But what's interesting to me again is what the Bible says about how we deal with persecution. 
in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus reminds us that when we deal with persecutors, we have to be both wise and innocent. He said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 6, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And in Matthew chapter 10, verses 17 through 20, Jesus and the Bible basically says, if and when you're falsely accused, trust God to lead you. In Matthew 10, 17, it says, be on your guard against men. They'll hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, don't worry about what you're to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say for it will not be you speaking but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And another interesting thing, again, (laughs) be wise, be innocent, trust God. But in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, that we don't need to get depressed. We don't need to get depressed. We don't give up hope. I'll be back. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Just a couple of breaking news items. Um, Fox News is reporting that the president of the United States is, in fact, sending troops to Eastern Europe. And so um, Fox is reporting that... um, that he's moving U.S. troops to Eastern Europe and NATO countries in the near term. And he made that comment after stepping off Air Force One following a speech in Pittsburgh. He didn't say how many troops would be going, and he added um, that doesn't leave – he doesn't have an update on the tensions between Russia and the Ukraine. So members of Ukraine's territorial defense forces – Volunteer military units of the armed forces train in the city of Kiev. And so, um, more to come. 303-873-1935. Before we went to the break, again, we were talking a little bit about persecution. And and again, I, I want to point out that Jesus, of course, points out. He says, you know, um, be wise and innocent with persecutors. If you're falsely accused, trust the Lord. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And so in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-three through 29, Paul tells of the many things that he suffered at the hand of persecutors. And, of course, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, um, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed 
when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. So when we talk about how a Christian responds to persecution, there's this reoccurring theme that Christian persecution is to be expected. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.12, everyone who wants to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And some of you might be thinking, but I don't want to be persecuted, and I don't blame you. Jesus said if they persecuted him, they'll persecute his followers. Remember in John 15.20. And so Jesus again makes it clear that Those of the world hate Christians because the world hates Christ. If Christians were like the world, vain, earthly, sensual, given to pleasure, wealth, ambition. In in other words, if they loved what the world loves, self, money, pleasure, then it makes perfect sense that they're not going to be in opposition But Christians don't belong to this world. Now, when I use the term world, I'm not talking about the planet Earth. I'm talking about a system of belief that stands in opposition to God and promotes rebellion against God. So Christians who do not belong to the world seems to be at least part of the reason why the world engages in Christian persecution. Christians are influenced by different principles from those of the world. Remember, I earlier quoted John chapter 18, you know, excuse me, John chapter 15, verses 18 and 19, where it says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. So Christians are influenced by different principles. We're motivated by the love of the Lord, holiness. The world is driven by love for sin. It's our very separation from the world that generates, arouses the world's animosity. And that's what Peter meant when he said, for the time that is past suffices for our doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passion, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they're surprised when you don't join them in the same flood of debauchery. In other words, Peter says, hey, you know what? It makes perfect sense that the world wonders, why don't you join in the party? Almost every, I'm certain, even on this program, people have called me and said about sin, don't knock it till you try it. Well, but get, don't get me wrong. I, I'm a sinner, 
by nature and by choice, and it's only God's grace that saves me. So for the person who's listening to me thinking, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a, a real-world understanding of sin, well, you would be wrong about me. Christians must learn to recognize the value of persecution and then rejoice in it, not in some sort of ostentatious way. That means a, a way that is, you know, over the top, but quietly and in humility. Because we do have to ask and answer that great big question. Does persecution First of all, have any value? I think that the answer is yes. Does it have spiritual value according to the Bible? The persecution of Christians allow them to share in a unique fellowship with the Lord, according to the New Testament. Paul outlined a number of things that he had surrendered for the cause of Christ. Such losses, he writes about, however, he viewed as dung. One translation says, rubbish, trash. He says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. And so... When he talks about the fellowship of his sufferings, that's what it means in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. The noble apostle even counted his chains as a grace. In other words, he saw it as a sign of God's favor, not of God's punishment, that God had bestowed on him in Philippians chapter 1, verse 7. He says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So, in truth, Christian persecution is good for believers. James argues that trials test our faith, develop our endurance, and promote, cultivate, and sometimes accelerate maturity. And so Christian persecution enables believers to value the support of true friends. And so, in the face of persecution, press on. Thank God for his grace and patience. And then express gratitude that God loves you, that he saved you, and that this world, this world, this world is not your final resting place. I'll be back next week taking your calls, answering your questions, the Lord willing, and the crick don't rise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.